Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Listen, it's the Burt Show. I have seen this statistic for years. And as a dude that really likes going to the gym, correction, goes to the gym. <laughs> I really like it. I don't really like it. But um, one of the reasons why I don't stay away from the gym is I feel comfortable in a gym because I've been doing it for a long, long time, right? But when you ask, I think most women, why they won't start going to a gym is they feel self-conscious before they even walk into the place, right? And there's also um, a certain anxiety, at least for myself, because I have general anxiety disorder. I hate going places I've never been. Mm. Like it really freaks me out, not knowing the lay of the land, I mean, even the parking situation, like I have left places because I can't find a parking spot. But that's for any, that's not necessarily a gym. That's anything for you, right? That's anything. But if you are a person who, who deals with that, that the gym, I think it's even, you know, exacerbated because it's all new equipment. You don't know how to use mm-hmm. the equipment. You don't want to look stupid on the equipment. And it's just, it's, it's too much. This statistic says 68%. So let's just round up a little bit here. Uh, 70%, seven to 10 people who do not exercise regularly feel too self-conscious to go to a gym, so they just will not go. Uh, They also say that about 80% say sports ads don't inspire them at all. 33% even feel those ads discourage them from working out. 49% say that they wish they were confident enough to exercise, and 7% felt depressed after viewing marketing ads from gyms. Well, it's unobtainable. Like, first of all, you're going to go there, and if you use the machine wrong, there's going to be some a-hole with a camera filming you, making fun of you to put it on TikTok or Reels, which sucks because you're just trying to learn. And then also, like, you look at those sports or marketing ads. I'm like, I'll never look like that. I'm just not going to. I do not have a full-time career dedicated to working out. But then in my head, I'm like, so what, what even is the point? But that's not your goal. Your goal isn't to look like those people in the ads. No, it's it's not, but it doesn't matter because I'm going to be like, that gym is for those people and that's not mm-hmm. for me. So if I go, it's one of the reasons I loved Planet Fitness so much when I started is because they had their lunk alarm uh-huh. and they, they wouldn't allow that. And I'm like, cool, I feel like this is a space where I can belong and there's nothing wrong with doing that. And I actually did CrossFit later on and was that person who dropped the weights because that's what you do. Uh-huh. So you fit, but you want to go somewhere where you fit in. And if it's like just showing people with ripped abs, which is incredible, congratulations. But to me, that doesn't feel like a space that is open for me. And it also feels like a space where I will be, and this is me in my head. This is no one telling me, but I'll be judged or looked down upon for being there. Like, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. Can I, uh- can I tell you just one thing that after reading that statistic, maybe it's me, but I don't think so. I've worked out with a lot of dudes in my life and 
Nobody really judges anybody that I'm not even paying attention to anybody else's working out. So I wonder where that comes from. And the second thing is I've always felt like Jim's got this wrong. I think when you get a new membership, they should offer a trainer to you for your very first workout, especially if you're a rookie and you've never been in there before. So Mm -hmm. you do know how each piece of equipment works. It's smart. And the second thing that I think gyms should do also is I think there should be a roving trainer in the gym at all times. Not one that you have hired, but somebody that can spot some bad um, form or anything and go right up to you and go, hey, can I help you with that? I think they all mess that. I, I love that. And I feel like, too, people think that they're being judged because you'll see the occasional TikToks or videos pop up. And that's not the norm. But you see those and everyone has that fear of being made fun of, especially mm. when if you're going to the gym as an out of shape person, no matter what you look like, you feel a little vulnerable to putting mm-hmm. yourself out there like that. And I'll tell you what, when I see athletic companies sh- um, like promoting gym clothes or athleisure in people who have bodies like mine, I buy that mm. because I'm like, cool, they have thought of me. That's. That's me, and that's that's what I, where I'm at. So if you meet the consumer where they're at, no matter what they look like, they're going to feel comfortable with your brand. I think certain, different gyms definitely have different coaches. Like in my experiences of going to different mm-hmm. gyms, you, mm-hmm. you, you can feel it. Like instantly when you walk in there, I don't want to call out certain names. That but is true. There are certain gyms I, I would not go to, no matter what level of working out I'm on, because that is kind of what they show up to do, <laughs> yeah. to, to, to show off. and make. But then Planet Fitness is one of the best that I've been to of where it, it really genuinely is like a no judgment zone yeah. most of the time I've been. You, you went to a gym and I walked in and I'm like, this is too fancy for me. <laughs> <laughs> there are some that are. There's a couple. No, I agree. There are some that you got to be in great shape in order to work at that gym. Yes. Right? Yes. Uh, And there are others, like you're saying about Planet Fitness, but just the impression thing. Again, this is coming from a guy that has gone to gyms my entire life. When I see somebody in a gym that is, I'm just going to throw a number out there, uh, 320 pounds, right? And they're walking really slowly on the treadmill. My first thought isn't like, what are they doing here? My first is thought is, that's awesome Mm -hmm. that they are in here. Yep. It's such a hard, for some people, and I I realize that I'm not speaking for everyone, mentality to break out of when I did, there's always that joke about, oh, if someone does CrossFit, they're going to let you know that they do CrossFit. But because it's such a good community, and the first time I ever did it, and I was lagging behind at the end of the workout, and I was just feeling really embarrassed, and everyone started circling around, and I was like, well, this is my nightmare come true. (laughs) And they all started cheering me on, and they're like, you got this, and not in a way like, get up, but in a like really supportive way. Mm -hmm. And I think like if we start seeing that at more gyms because you don't expect other people to be supportive of you. You expect to be ridiculed and it really changes how you feel about like everything. Right. Agreed. Listen, it's the Bird Show. It's officially spooky season. We love doing this every year where we bring ghosts of Georgia paranormal investigations into studio. You guys email us and you go like, hey, Bircho, there are freaky things happening in my house. Can you confirm what I already know? And then we send Ed in, who again is a ghost himself. He is not a ghost. And um, (laughs) brings in all of his equipment. And sure enough, you come on on Monday morning and he tells you exactly what they found. So this morning, Emmy, how do I pronounce your last name? Afford it. Afford it. You can afford it. I can afford it. How are you today? I'm good. All right. Tell us about this spooky ass house and where it's located and what's going on. Okay. Well... Um, it was built in early seventies. Uh, my grandfather helped build it. Well, he did the brickwork on it. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom, my aunt, uncle all grew up in the house. Um, I would kind of go there a little bit growing up, but um, 
I kind of heard from my aunt early on that there was a lot of spooky stuff. So I was like, well, all right. Um, well, I Are didn't you start into the spooky stuff? or I, spook- I'm really into spooky okay. stuff. Yeah. Everything scary, the better. All so right. it didn't scare you at all when you were a kid? You like wanted to be in that house? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, was, I mean, you know, it's something you can't see. I'm interested. Okay. You know, I want to see something. I like that. Um, so it started off when I was really young. I had this vision in my sleep of a tall man in all black, big top hat, very fancy looking man. Abraham Lincoln-esque. Um, he's followed me around my whole life, everywhere I go. I see him all the time. He's a protector, but um, he kind of gives off like more of a, I want to hurt you kind of feeling. It's right. weird. So let's stay there for just one second. Yeah. So you could be and you could be at work. Yeah. And you see this this figure out of the corner of your eye. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, you know, when you're standing there and you kind of can see someone walking by. Yes. But there's no one right here. Yep. So that's what he is. And can you feel like a presence mm-hmm. also? So, wow. Yeah, okay, it's wow. literally like there is a human standing behind me 24-7, but there's no one there. And it doesn't feel safe to you? No. Okay. I think it's more so like, I don't know who he is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He doesn't have a face when I see him. So it's kind of like, I just want to know what he looks like. Right. So then I can kind of get to know him a little bit more. Based but, on the history of the house at all, because you knew that it was from the 70s and mm-hmm. your grandfather built it. Uh, did any Was there anybody in there that matches that description at all? No. So the house was built from ground up. It's brand new. Um, there's pictures of my, I guess my mom. I don't know. They all kind of look the same when they were younger. <laughs> um, but my grandfather and my aunt standing out front and halfway house built. So. And when you ask your aunts, uncles, whomever, hey, does this guy fit the description of anybody that's even been in this house? Nothing. Nobody. My okay. mom think it might be her grandfather. So my granddad's. So I guess my great grandfather. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never seen pictures of him. So. But again, this spirit is attached to you, not the house. Right. It's yeah. it's all of the women in the family. This guy seems to follow around. Huh. Mm-hmm. So he loves all of us. He likes the ladies, eh? Yeah, no one else has seen him. My uncle is like, mm-mm, none the wiser. A so per- perv ghost going on. I mean, I guess, <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> hope not. Um, okay, so on top of the hat man, there is also another shadow figure that has followed me around my whole life. Um, he, it's just another tall, slender man, no top hat, just just a shadow in the dark. Um, but according to my aunt growing up, the hat man choked her in her sleep. Um, she described it as like a paralysis demon. Mm-hmm. And he would just be in the corner. He would be in the closet. Um, he would just kind of stand there kind of like, you know, in a scary movie when they're just like kind of like lurch, just standing there. That's what he would be like. Um so, not sure what he wants, but it's it's not good. No. When um, we were in studio before and she was describing what this ghost was doing, choking out, pulling hair, yeah. all I know is I heard Cassie go, ooh. <laughs> oh. It did. It was, very, it was out loud. She's like, mm. I can neither it, confirm nor confirm. <laughs> She's pleading the fifth on that one. Um, so, yeah, this guy likes to uh, choke. Um, when we went to West Virginia to visit my family, he uh, choked my cousin in her sleep. Um, so he follows everyone. Um, I haven't personally been attacked by him, Mm -hmm. thankfully, but yeah, he uh, is a a very hands-on guy. Do you think he's got it twisted? Like he thinks he's protecting you? So he's like... I have no idea. Choking these other people on your behalf? I mean, I mean, he might move on to someone else, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I have no idea. He just 
Very handsy man. Huh. And they could tell that it wasn't, this wasn't happening in a dream. Like physically they would wake up and go, somebody had their hands around my neck. Yeah. Yeah. My aunt would be like full on awake, just like seeing the man just standing right next to her in bed, just dark figure right next to her. And since nothing has happened to you, like, I mean, cause I think you can go to mediums or whatever and kind of mm-hmm. tell the dude like, Hey, you know, I'm just really not into this. Could you go to the next house? Yeah. So kind of funny story. Uh, I had a medium reading a couple months ago, completely forgot to ask about the the creepy man. What? Yeah. What? So, okay, to be fair, you have one job. I know, I know. That man is choking people. Okay. Like, <laughs> just kind of forgot just a little bit, just a little bit. Um, but she said I, could, I thought about it when I was going through this, and I was like, I'm going to have to email her and just be like, hey, so small detail I forgot. Yeah, just a little. Now, did Tommy tell me that somebody had died in the house also? Yes, my stepdad passed away in January. Um, I'm sorry for sorry, your loss. Thank you. Yeah, so it's just... Um, he loved the house. That was just like mm-hmm. his proud work. He was very proud of the house. Um, so I don't know if he's there, but the medium told me that he is still in the house. Obviously, he put all the time into the house. He ain't leaving. Mm-hmm. So. But this figure has been in this house way longer. Yes. Than so stepdad. my stepdad was not a very skinny man. He had a little bit of a, a food gut, you know. Uh-huh. Um, but this man has to be like probably six five, like super skinny. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, I so. knew Abby was about to get excited. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, girl. And he chokes people out. Yeah. Sign me up. You didn't have to ask for it. A dream guy right there. <laughs> All right, give us a couple of seconds. Uh, Ed will work his way down here, not walking because he's a ghost. He just will float down here. Uh, and he has brought in all the sounds that we have found in your home. Like I said before, spoiler alert, if you come in studio, we don't bring you here to say, I'm sorry, found nothing. So we'll we'll play the sounds for you next, okay? Can't wait. It's the Bird Show. (laughs) Listen, it's the Bird Show. So it's spooky season. Each and every year, we bring Ed in from Ghosts of Georgia Paranormal Investigations. When you guys email us, you say there's a lot of spooky stuff going on in my house right now. Can you send Ed on over? Uh, Amy Fordit from Dallas, Georgia, said she's living in this home, and she constantly sees this vision of a man in a black hat. This man in a black hat would choke her aunt and mom at night. I mean, like, really hard to where you could feel, like, the shirt being torn off. Um, There was some uh, um, hair pulling also. Lights would flicker randomly in the house. Uh, So there's a pretty spooky place going on there. Yeah, Emmy, do me a favor. Please share the story about your son because I think that's important before we start getting into some of these EVPs, electronic voice phenomenons that Ed brought in. (laughs) Yeah, so my son is three and a half now, um, but when my mom first moved in, he was completely nonverbal, couldn't form full sentences, could hardly even say my name. Um, And one day he's just chilling with Nana and they're taking a bath and he kind of is peeking around like the hallway, like the door a little bit, looking and he points and goes, Nana, hat man, (gasps) to the hallway. And he wanted to get out so bad. He was freaked out. And this is your nonverbal three-year-old son? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yep. About a year and a half ago, he (sighs) just... He couldn't even, I mean, he, I had never mentioned it to mm-hmm. anybody. I don't like, I mean, now he loves spooky things, but back yeah. then he was terrified. No doubt. All right. So on this particular hunt, Ed, of course, went over, but Tommy, our show director, joined him at the same time. So I don't know who wants to take it from where. I'll take the lead. Uh, I have been on the past two investigations. The the one tomorrow I was also on for a Halloween show. And for this particular one, 
uh, we're going to give you a, a different look. We're going to take you for the first time really behind the scenes, and you're going to feel what it's like to be on a ghost hunt. And this is Brian at the very beginning of the ghost hunt. So it's Brian, Ed, and myself. And this is Brian kind of introducing us to the spirit world in the house and the equipment that we'll be using. We are here to speak with spirits that are attached to this land, this home, the family, or us. No outside spirits are allowed. My name is Brian, and this is my friend Ed. Hello. And Tommy. Hi. We have set up a lot of different devices if you don't feel like talking. Tommy has an extra sensitive microphone where if you speak, maybe he can hear you. We have little devices you'll see lights on and numbers. All you have to do is get near them, and they'll come on. And then right on this counter here is a flashlight or a light stick. If you twist the end of that, it'll come on. And there's two ball toys right next to it. If you move one of them, they'll also light up. So if you don't feel like talking, you've got some other choices. So these are the rules of engagement that you guys are talking to the spirits <laughs> over? A absolutely. Yes. You have to set the rules. I mean, in theory, it works. It keeps any other spirit from coming into the home, which we don't want to bring anybody in. So my question here is just not to send a flaw into this or not but if you got a ghost from the 1700s are they going to show they're going to know what a microphone and all that lights and all that stuff are well, well we kind of describe it to them right and then like you heard brian say this is flashlight or light stick mm -hmm. for, for those that didn't know what a flashlight was right and on investigations we you know if it's like real old stuff that people are, are hearing and seeing we'll have to talk in their language back in the 1800s you know a lot of language is not proper for nowadays. Mm -hmm. So if you hear us doing EVPs, asking these questions on proper, it's the way they spoke I back then. Okay. So the flashlight and light stick, uh, like Tommy said, we explain everything. You know, get close to this device. It goes, lights up. Uh, we have recorders that will record your voice. You know, just basic, you know, basic instructions. We don't so, want to get too complicated mm -hmm. with them. And you heard at the end of that, it said, you know, if you don't feel like talking, which... Uh, they didn't do a whole lot of talking no. this weekend, but uh, we did capture one thing that I want you to hear a little bit later. But uh, using the light technology that we use, Ed, Ed has an EMF meter that will change light colors for temperature. You like seeing movies when ghosts come into the room, it gets colder, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Bar Barometric uh, pressure will change, lights will light up. But then the really cool thing are the cat balls. They're these little plastic balls. This must be hard to see. They, these little plastic balls. They're about an inch and a half in they diameter. Not, they're not attached to the cat bird. And if you touch, well, we have improved off their initial description of it. Yeah, we call them cat toys now. But a lot of times in this, you'll hear me refer to them as cat balls. But if you, they're touched or moved, they light up. Sure. And oh, it, yeah. it takes some that force that tracks. To, yeah. to make them light up. Absolutely. And, of course, they had a couple... They had a couple cats in the house, so we, we asked if they liked the cats. And in this particular clip, you also hear a knock on the wall. Do you like the cats? I like the cat toy. Yeah, so you do like the cats. Okay, step away from the ball. Thank you. If you don't feel like talking with us, give us another sign. If you don't want to like make a ball light up again, or get one <coughs> near one of our devices, or knock on the wall. Oh, so that last thing was the knock? No, we, it wasn't. We did not hear that when it happened. Oh, wow. And I think only my recorder picked it up. Yeah. I had I had a Yours special, is the only one. Yeah. I had a special professional recorder, and it picked it up. 
Tommy, does this mean you can add like paranormal investigator to your business card now? Oh, I've already ordered my proton pack and my jumpsuit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good to go. All right, so the man in black we've talked about. With Emmy, the hat? Yes, Emmy has seen the, the man with the black hat, rather. Uh, and we ask about that in the EMI meter, the one that measures temperature and and barometric pressure and that sort of thing, that starts going off. The people who live here have seen a man in a black hat. Are you the man in the black yeah. hat? Black. Oh, he did? Yeah. Which color? Red and yellow. Oh, okay. There goes again. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, keep going here, Tommy. How long have you been here? Uh, light, light. So that equipment was reacting to our questions. And uh, then we asked if anyone was with us. And again, the cat toys go off. And I asked about the hair pulling and the shirt tug. If anyone is here with us, can you touch the cat balls or turn? Thank you. you. (laughs) Excellent. Amy has told us that she's had her hair pulled and her shirt tugged. Is that you? There's the light. It, it was like immediate that we were getting these responses. So it starts to light up as soon as it's like acknowledging. Yes. And it's a yellow light and a... It's different light. It's like red, green. Okay. It's, a, it's like a bunch of different lights. It just uh, frees all atmospheric pressure. Mm-hmm. And, okay. And if it changes, what made it change? So then we go upstairs into the den, and we noted that John, Emmy's stepfather had passed away back in January in the house and unfortunately that was in the hallway at the top of these steps and so Brian had this new contraption it's a light strip and if you walk down the hallway to this light strip it's almost like the Billie Jean video where he's stepping on those Mm -hmm. lights Mm -hmm. it lights as you go by it or over top of it so this light strip starts going off so just in case you didn't hear us downstairs We are here only to speak to the spirits that are attached to this. Oh, they're going off. Oh, your live strip's going off. Yeah. The end towards us, towards the top of the steps. Like somebody maybe came forward to see who we were. Uh Uh-huh. And it wasn't the whole light strip, like, going do-do-do-do-do all the way down. It was just, like, the first couple of lights. And then we specifically asked about John. Are you in the hallway? Is that you, John? It was. Wow. Thank you. Is it the same part of the strip or different parts? Same. And it's towards the end? Yes. Looks like the very end. Like maybe somebody's there and steps back. Yeah. Can you light that strip up one more time? Thank you. On command. Looks like the very end. The very end. Okay. All right, so I just want to check in with Emmy. Yeah. How how are how are you receiving this? Uh, sounds about right. I mean, like the light switching on and off when I'm trying to vacuum, like just... Stuff just stuff happens when you when you talk when you reach out. I mean, you know, like I said, my stepdad was a very mm-hmm. talkative man. So yeah. anytime he has a chance to talk to anybody, he's probably going to take advantage of it. Does it feel different to you? Like we didn't know who the other spirit was, but this is your stepdad. Yeah. He is yeah. communicating with you. Is yeah. there attached to any emotion for you? Uh, try not to cry. Um, happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm glad he's looking over you. Yeah. And then we just wanted to reconfirm that it was John. So we introduced ourselves. We really want to find out who's here with us. Is that you, John? If it's you, John, make the light go off now. Whoa. Thank you. Mm. I take so much comfort in that. <laughs> yeah. Were you guys really, really close? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, 
Sorry. No. no. Don't apologize. I don't want to be the crybaby on the right now. That's usually Cassie, but. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, for the day. I think if I'm in sitting in your seat, yeah. I, I am really comforted by yeah, that. Yeah. That's a lot of love right there. Yeah. He, well, I'm surprised he doesn't like, he's around my boys the most. He loved them. So, of course, he's attached to me. He loved my boys. So, so next, we moved to the back of the house, same floor level, main floor, and it was her mom's bedroom, Emmy's mom's bedroom. And we're sitting there, and we hear this rattle. And then we had to investigate and figure out what the rattle was. Do we have it wrong? We keep addressing you as, you know, the man in, in the hat or the black hat. Why don't you tell us, what are you wearing? You hear something rattle. It wasn't one of my devices. It wasn't mine. What about this? That was it. What would you just do? Uh, like a toothbrush holder or something. I just yeah. my fingers on it. You could hear it a little bit when Ed reenacted it. It was because he was around the corner from my recorder. You could barely hear it then, but you heard it in the beginning. It was a rattle, and it was one of those ceramic toothbrush holders, and nothing was there to shake it. I mean, we jumped up and down beside it after that. Something had to, like, tap it or move it mm. to make that sound. Sounds right. Yeah. Mm. Has that happened before to you? Uh, Something like that? Yeah. You know, when you hear things, you're like, oh, no, it's just this. And then you try and recreate it, and you're like, okay, well, maybe I didn't jump hard enough, or mm-hmm. I'm not close enough, or, you know, or a tiny earthquake that just happened randomly <laughs> in the middle of nothing. So Sure, right on that uh, that fault line in Dallas, yeah, Georgia. Yeah, just right there, just, you know. <laughs> now, this next sound is really cool. And I'm going to follow this up with something I asked Emmy a few minutes ago. We have tried to, to speak with you if you're here. And we hope you're talking to us. Can you just give us something so that we can make them feel better? Like, is this John? Did you hear that noise what at the that? end? Mm-hmm. What did that sound like to you guys? Like a double clap? Mm-hmm. No, it sounded to me like pool balls clinking together. Listen. We have tried to, to speak with you if you're here, and we hope you're talking to us. Can you just give us something so that we can make them feel better? Like, is this John? Uh-huh. Oh, it does. So, yeah. a few minutes ago, I asked, I, I knew that John was into woodworking and he built the house. I said, did he have any other hobbies? I said, did he by chance like playing pool? Emmy, what'd you say? Yeah, he would go and play pool all the time. I'm pretty sure he tried to talk my mom into putting a pool table in the basement and she was like, mm-mm, not in my house. <laughs> <laughs> all right. He's pulled it in there anyway. Yeah. Three more quick clips. This is actually an EVP. This is a disembodied voice. All of us heard it when it happened. This I- is a first? A first for what? Uh, like a disembodied voice that's on, like, that you... No, no. Oh, no, we, we get them all the time. I think we played, all the time. We yeah. played them before. Yeah. But uh, this is... I, I think it's a woman's voice, and she responds, who, me? We sure would like to find out for the homeowner if her husband, John, is here. Whomever is here, are you here to watch over the family? Yeah, well, the last question before looking after the family. It was if John was here. Oh, it was me? Hi, John. Can you say your name over the box for us? Say it real loud. Mm-hmm. I heard mm-hmm. that. Did you hear that? Yeah. That came from over there. Did y'all hear that? Uh-huh. No, that was a voice. No, I heard. I thought it was you, Ed. And we all heard it when it happened. We couldn't tell what it said, but I was driving in my car yesterday, and I've got this awesome sound system, and I could definitely hear who me. Mm-hmm. So it's a woman's voice. Yes. Any idea? No, that didn't sound like anybody I know. My mm-hmm. grandma had a very distinct voice. You would know her voice out of a crowd. And I that sounded like a little bit of a younger person. Do you, uh, do you, can the spirits like pick what 
they want to look like in that world. Yeah. So I mean, you can say, like, you know what? I was kick-ass at 28. If I'm going to be up here the rest of my life, I'm going to be 28. Yeah, we've had them come back as, uh, you know, like they die when they're 60s and 70s, and they come back in their 20s, the best time mm-hmm. of their life. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what they want to present themselves mm-hmm. as, and sometimes they sound like that, too. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, if it's a family member or friend that they want you to know it's them, mm-hmm. they come in their own voice. Okay. Um, and, and, and did your grandmother have any, like, certain perfumes she used to wear? Oh, gosh, yeah. I have, like... 45 of her perfumes, but it was just like old lady perfume, like, <laughs> oh, like white diamonds by Elizabeth Taylor. Oh. Like that, it's just like that stereotypical grandma perfume. <laughs> we smelled old lady perfume, and that's yep. exactly how I described it yeah. old lady perfume. Whenever she's around, I can smell her perfume just ever so faintly, like when I'm home alone, and it gives me a migraine. It always gives me a headache growing up. <laughs> so but I can just smell it. We have two more clips. I mentioned earlier, you know, in movies, you see when ghosts enter a room, the room gets colder. We actually verified that with equipment. It's cold. Really cold. Right here. It is. Right now I'm watching the meter and it's now three degrees less than it was sitting over here. And the ball went off. It just dropped like a couple of points right before the ball went off. In the very last one, I mentioned there were two cat balls. One cat ball was really, really active. The other one wouldn't work. We had to like shake it to get it to work. And finally... Both balls ended up going off. You want us just to turn the spirit box off? Oh, the other ball lit up. Yeah, I guess it does. That hasn't happened all night, has it? No, it hasn't. So now we've got both balls that have lit. Thank you. We appreciate that. <laughs> you and Man. you all and your balls. Yeah. What man doesn't want two lit balls? <laughs> that question is incredible, though. When it's happening, I told Ed, when I get scared, I tear up. I tried to wipe my eyes. It looked like I was crying a lot, and I was hoping they wouldn't see me. But I was dabbing my eyes all night in that place. Yeah, we didn't want to call them anything. But just let it ride, you know? Well, I mean, there's got to be a lot of comfort here for you. Yeah, I mean, you are sure. surrounded by love in that house. Yeah, I just I want to find out who he is. Uh, he's still, I, I think, him not wanting to talk. Yeah. He doesn't like men. It's, it's women. Well, if that dude in the black hat gets, you know, like out of hand, your stepdad's going to whoop his ass. Yeah. So he's there. He absolutely would. <laughs> hey, well, he might have went with you to the wedding, too. That's I true. Mean, that's... You say he, he follows you around, so. Mm-hmm. That's true. No, and yeah, I think it's time to put a pool table in the basement. <laughs> Maybe yeah. so, right? My mom's listening right now, so mom, I would love to play pool with John. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for coming in. Thank you. I mean, it's a long trip out here from Dallas, so thanks for taking the time, yeah. and I hope you get a little closure from this. I yeah. think it's kind of beautiful what we heard today. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's definitely something. Listen. It's the Bird Show. Look, we've all been there before. I try to be patient when you're at a restaurant, right? You know. Parents are trying to take care of their kids at the restaurant. The restaurant's being, you know, trying to be cool about it also. But the kids are out of hand, man. Running all over the restaurant, throwing food. At some point or another, you just start rolling your eyes. And you better watch out. Because if this trend continues, restaurants can start finding you. I saw this story. And let's just say there's two sides to the story. And I'm sure the truth somewhere resides in the middle. But a restaurant added a $50 surcharge to a family's bill. Not just one family, because they had multiple checks. Every single family at the table got $50 added to their bill because they said they couldn't parent their children. Wow. So it happened in Georgia. Tacoa Riverside Restaurant. Mm -hmm. 
who um, I saw this on t- the Today Show, and it's gone it's gone viral now. Um, they have not responded to an email request for comment when this went out. So this family talked about this, and sure enough, in the menu, in the menu it says adult surcharge for adults unable to parent, right? But it comes across as like a joke. Like some restaurants like put stuff like that. You think it's a joke, right? And this th- this family thought it was a joke. Oh, no. And then they have a picture. They took a family photo. So it was, I mean... It was it was a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. There was a multiple families. They all got together, went to this restaurant, multiple kids. So they get the bill and they each got charged 50 additional dollars for being unable to parent their children. So um, Lindsay Landman thought it was a joke. She goes, I remember thinking, no way this is real. She's 36. She and her husband, Kyle, who live in Florida, visited this restaurant with four other families. There were 11 children at the table, which is a lot, ranging from ages three to eight. She goes, the kids were sitting at one end of the table and they were being so good. I even commented halfway through the meal. I can't believe how well behaved they are. After dessert, some of the parents took their children down to the water And she says that's when she said the owner, Tim Richter, approached their table. He has the menu in hand, and he's showing us where it talks about the fee. At first, I thought he was going to compliment us and be like, but you won't be charged because your kids were so well behaved. Hmm. Nope. The owner was there to inform her that there would be a $50 $50 charge per bill at their table. When she asked for an explanation, she says the owner said they were being too loud. She said he was angry that the kids were running around outside, even though they were chaperoned by adults. Mm. Mm. So he has his side and she has her side. Now, of course, after seeing this post, what did I immediately do? I ran to the comments. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so Mitchell K4, good. So many millennium, and I think she meant to write millennial, parents let their kids run around restaurants. It's annoying. Take them to the dog park and have a picnic. Not to mention that I've seen numerous waitresses and waiters fall because of that reason. It's not a playground. Teach your kids some manners. She could teach herself some manners. A dog park? (laughs) Well, I don't hate the idea of giving an extra fee if they're out of hand. However, you have to establish what out of hand is before you, like, charge them extra. And warn them, too. It's in the menu. It's written in the no, menu. No, no, I mean, like, the way, the, oh. the owner should have come over earlier and been like, hey, I need you to rein in the kids. Not at the end, be like, surprise, 50 bucks per family. Uh, so, like, a soccer match, you get a yellow card. Yeah. The next one, you get charged. I mean, I'm not, pay- I'm not paying that fee. I'm walking out of there without paying that. Yeah, what happens if you don't? Because yeah. I wouldn't pay the fee either. Good question. So, Kimmy Cot uh, asked, how do they determine when a kid is bad or the like? Mm-hmm. What's their threshold? Just existing sounds like a bunch of Karen and Kyle's. Now, listen, if you don't want kids at your establishment, Mm -hmm. then by all means, have a no kid rule. I am totally okay with that. And we went out to lunch recently and I wouldn't say our kids were bad. We were a louder table, but it wasn't like total chaos. So as a parent, I I was livid, (laughs) livid. Well, especially because I think, I think you have different types of parents. Like my husband and I usually, I can't stand for the kids to be like loud at the table. Usually I'll like take them out of the restaurant. We clean up the floors. If they've spilled on the floors, we'll get like down there with wet wipes and pick up the food so that the staff doesn't have to work extra. And then we tip high Mm -hmm. because we're like, hey, we know we were a handful. So, I mean, and then if you come to me and hit me with a $50 fee, I'd, No, absolutely not. Like, I'm allowed to exist. 
kids are kids. You're not going to be able to like just mute them. If you don't want to have to deal with kids acting out, like Kristen said, just don't let kids in your restaurant. Cool. Then I know that this is not a place for us. Look, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, right? Because if you got young kids, they don't know the rules of a restaurant just yet, and there's going to be a learning curve. So people are going to judge you if your kids are a little bit on the wild side. Then they're going to judge you if you're trying to calm your kids down and you put like some kind of electronics in front of them. They're judging you for that too. So do what the hell you want. <laughs> well, but at the same time, though, I don't. I think as like a, a restaurant patron, I wouldn't want to go out to eat and have screaming kids running around my table the whole time. That would annoy me. And that's where I think there's a happy medium. Parents do need to parent their kids. But you have to understand they're going to be kids. So if you run a restaurant, you need to decide: are you family friendly or are you not? And then go from there. Hey, the Bird Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Bird Show's entertainment buzz. Absolutely heartbreaking news this weekend when we found out that friend star Matthew Perry was found dead in his hot tub at the age of 54. He was so beloved by so many people and he was only 54 years old, which just seems so young. And I think too recently when he... um he detailed his life and his memoir, which was released, being so open and vulnerable and just, you know, owning up to everything that he had been through, I think connected people to him even more because, you know, growing up and watching Friends and of course Friends is, I mean, that's an iconic show um, and defined a lot of people's, um, you know, youth and adolescence. And so you got very attached to those characters and, you know, watching the show, you saw him struggle with his addiction by watching the show when he mm-hmm. lost all that weight and then just like coming clean about it and admitting that he had a really hard time trying to kick that habit, but came out on the other side of it. We're still struggling. Like, you know, it's, you know, when you have an addiction every day, it can, can be a fight, but he, he, he just, oh, he just seemed like he had taken a turn and he was doing well. And so to get this news, I did, I, I gasped when I saw it, when I, when I opened up Instagram yesterday morning. Yeah. Well, I think that was for people's first thought when they heard this news, I think they probably assumed it had something to do with his addiction yeah. or he, um, his drug use, his alcoholism. But we actually have an update from NBC news yeah. about his autopsy. So the initial autopsy results they are inconclusive. So authorities are saying that the cause of death, they're deferring it and they're going to do a further investigation. This isn't totally uncommon. It was actually done with Lisa Marie Presley back in January. So it just means right now we don't have an answer that they can come out and confidently say that this is why this has happened, but his body has been released to his family. So um, we just have to wait a couple more weeks for that news to come out. Um, Speaking of his addiction and his alcoholism, um, he he did talk about in his memoir when he was doing all these interviews and, and talking about how he's overcome it. He did say that he hopes that when he he dies as he has. Um, he doesn't want people to remember him for his role in Friends. He hopes that people remember he re- people remember how he cared for others who are also battling the same thing. Bar none. Is if somebody comes up to me and says, "I can't stop drinking. Can you help me?" I can say yes and follow up and do it. That's the best thing. And I've said this for a long time. When I die. I don't want friends to be the first thing that's mentioned. I want that to be the first thing that's mentioned. And I'm going to live the rest of my life proving that. And so that was only about a year ago. So it's so sad that we have to play this clip so close to, um, you know, that interview. But do we know if any of his friends' co-stars have um, commented publicly about his passing in? I haven't seen anything yet, which is, I think, 
that speaks to how hard they're taking it. Yeah. Because normally you would see something come out on Instagram of somebody saying, oh, we loved him so much. We were all so close. But I, I really do feel like they're taking their time mm-hmm. and not saying anything too soon because they know, A, the world is going to be watching, but B, I really do think they're taking it so hard that they might not even have the words. Fans are also taking note of his final social media posts. So they've noted that he wasn't particularly active on social media, particularly Instagram. But in the last month, he did post a lot of things about Batman. I guess he had this fixation with Batman and he really related to the character being a quote unquote rich loner. And I've even heard him compare his battle to alcoholism as like battling the Joker. So he would compare alcoholism to the Joker. So the first post that people took note of was on October 17th. He posted that he was watching the Batman in his home. And then he posted a photo of the bat signal and signed off. I'm the Matt man, which is, I guess, a nickname he had for himself. Then another post about Batman playing pickleball. And then one thing that has really caught people's attention is a video that he posted of just three cranberries. He captioned it. This is all I've had to eat today. I'm the Matt man. And of course, conspiracy theories are already coming out. People have commented that the lead singer of the Cranberries also passed away from a drowning accident. So it feels like this very weird um, tie and things that have happened. He posted another post of, of a pumpkin with a bat signal on it and captioned it. Do you know what I mean? Question mark. And then another post right after that of just a, a moon and a dark sky. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? I'm the Matt man. And then his final post was him in the hot tub again, signing off. I'm the Matt man. So it's very eerie to look back on all of this with the context of what ended up happening. Yeah. It's all very cryptic. Uh-huh. It's very, very cryptic. Um, I, I know, I feel weird talking about quote unquote conspiracy theories or just yeah. talking about this because it feels a little insensitive, but it is weird to look at how all of this is coming out. I, somebody mentioned in the comments that in his book, he would talk about using a bat signal as a way to signify to people who know him that he was going through something tough or he was in a tough position. So I really do hope the people in his life, if that is true, we're reaching out to him because obviously something went down this weekend. It's awful. For more stories, head to theburtshow.com. Click eBuzz. Hey, The Burt Show. Actually, can I throw a curveball? I would like to hear about the conspiracy theory that Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift are broken up. No, you got to tune in to 7 a.m. eBuzz tomorrow. No, we got to talk about it now. <laughs> we want to talk about it now? Can we talk about it now? I don't really care. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yes, please. Tavis Nation update. So <laughs> people think that it is possible that Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift have already broken up. Now, I don't think it was that bizarre that she didn't go to his away game in Denver against the Broncos, even though I do think it is bizarre that the Broncos won. Yeah, we very, all think that's very bizarre. Yeah. Very bizarre. <laughs> and, like, Kelsey had, like, a bad game by his standards, you said, Mo. Yeah, he did. I mean, he, he had a couple catches. He didn't really make an impact on the game. Normally, he has... He's been having very good games when she's been there, I must admit. So but, Chiefs lost. Kelsey didn't do outstanding. And the one common denominator is Taylor. Nah, because, I mean, it's Patrick didn't do real well either. He didn't have a lot of help, though. Okay. There was a lot of drop balls and, and things of that nature. Although I will say she did send Brittany Mahomes a 1989 cardigan, which yours truly also got. You know, <laughs> equal best friends here, me and Taylor, <laughs> her and Brittany Mahomes. But anyway, so I also saw a photo of Taylor on Saturday. She was out to dinner at a restaurant that I've been dying to try in New York City. It's very exclusive. It's called Four Charles. And so she was photographed leaving that with uh, Jack Antonoff, who's one of her producers, and his wife, Margaret Quayley. And she, when she was photographed, she looked mad. And I have a theory as to why. I have a theory. This is the internet's theory. So 
Travis Kelsey's publicist, Pia. It was her birthday a couple days ago, and one of her friends made one of those little Instagram story collages where they said, happy birthday, and it's photos of Pia. And there's one photo that Taylor Swift is in. It is from the first game that she went to to watch Travis in Kansas City. Pia's in the background, but really the main focus of the photo is Taylor. So one of her friends used that photo in the center of the Instagram story and put a clown emoji over Taylor's face, which is major shade because the kids always say you're a clown basically if you don't like that person. This is just dumb behavior because she's Travis's publicist. This is horrible publicity. So, okay, just to understand, Travis's publicist didn't create this. A friend created this for her, for the publicist's birthday, but the publicist reshared it. Yes. But we, you can't really tell when you share it like that if the original friend put the clown face over Taylor or if the publicist added the clown face. Now, just to throw in an extra layer, maybe Taylor said she didn't like that photo of her. And so the clown face was just putting an emoji over Taylor's face. There's so many other emojis you There's could use. There's so many other I emojis. Yeah. Yeah. She is a publicist. Because I'm like, that's something I would do is put a clown, and be, not even read into it mm-hmm. like I'm calling someone a clown, but as a PR yeah, publicist. Yeah, you got to be more sensitive yeah. to that if that's what you do for a living. So here's the other layer here. So Pia, Travis's publicist, used to work for Taylor's arch nemesis, Scooter Braun. And so now people are wondering if it was is specifically calculated because maybe she doesn't like Taylor because of her history with Scooter Braun. So, what a small world. Uh, right? right? So, do-do-do-do. Could there Damn. be trouble in paradise? We don't know. All right, now you too can... soon for that. Too soon. Not for Hollywood standards. Yeah. I feel like their relationships have lasted two years. Yeah, Hollywood. Yeah. It's been three years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so to the email, weekend email here. Um, so their kid uh, was on websites he shouldn't have been at, and now dad wants to take, like, some tough love. Mom's like, oh, come on, the time's not right. So what'd they do over the weekend? Yeah, this was a rookie mistake on this kid's part. So he spent $150 of his parents' money on adult film websites, and and of course, you know, they had to ground him. So he he had two weeks of punishments and two weeks of chores. But of course, this is going to overlap with Halloween. So now they're in this dilemma that, you know, if they really want to be strict with the punishment, they're not going to let him go trick-or-treating on Halloween. But should they be a little bit more lenient? And, you know, if all of his chores and, and restrictions have been okay for the last two weeks, maybe they give him a bit of a break for this one night. We just don't know. So we're going to find out. All right, your update. It was a roller coaster of a weekend. I played your segment for my husband. He was not amused. Uh And was steadfast that our son does not go trick-or-treating. I, however, was adamant he gets to go trick-or-treating. Jacob, in quotations, has been on restriction for over a week, and he's been a model son. He's been doing his extra chores to pay off his debt. He's been polite, respectful, and minding me and his dad. That's why I felt he deserved a pass to go trick-or-treating tomorrow with his friends. Saturday night, I let him know he would be able to go trick-or-treating. He was so excited. Well, Sunday afternoon, that all quickly changed. I went into his room to grab his laundry, and that's when I found something underneath his bed. I've already exposed enough. I'm not comfortable sharing what I found. It's not horrible, but it's bad. It's consistent. I immediately went to my husband, and we both agreed. The restriction was getting extended, and he will not be going trick-or-treating. We had a tough love talk with him last night. I'm hoping this will be a turning point for him. Thanks again for all your advice and help. Hope you all have a happy Halloween. All right, so that makes some sense right there. Yeah. What? I don't know. I just, I feel bad. I wish he was still going trick-or-treating, but... 
You would have still let him go? No, I would not. Have Hell let him go. no! Yeah, yeah. I just wish it would have. I just wish we would have had a different outcome. Got it. <laughs> Poor kid. It's a bird show. Thanks for listening. Get more bird show fix at thebirdshow.com or follow us on social media at the bird show.